Thank you for listening to Fearless LA. We believe that where love is greater, fear is less. Tune in today to hear a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Jeremy Johnson. Did you lift your hands all over this place? I know we've prayed a lot, but we're going to pray again. Jesus, I pray right now. Holy Spirit, I can do nothing in my own power. Father, you can unlock these people to another level. And Lord, they are beautiful. They are amazing. They are your chosen ones. God, I'm not here to beat up the sheep. I'm here to empower them, God, with your word. You speak and life comes. Death, you must leave. Sickness, you must leave. Fear, you must leave. Anxiety, you must leave. Depression, you must leave. And Lord, I just pray against the haste of life. Lord, the enemy keeps trying to get us to hurry up. And Lord, I just pray that we would slow down on this Sabbath day. Lord, we would, we would be silent before you. And we allow you to speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't know how you take it. But if I'm going to get an order from God, I'm going God's size. Come on, I'll take it God's size. Come on, turn to the other neighbor on the other side. Say, neighbor over here, I haven't forgotten about you. God wants to give you a God-sized life. Come on, how many guys believe that? I, I really believe. I'm going to go a little different way than I did first service, and hopefully we'll get through it all. Amen. I got 30 minutes. Let's do this. Luke chapter 14, verse number 16. We're going to start here, and I don't know if you've ever seen this verse. And it might mess you up for a second, and then we'll put it all back together at the end, okay? Good. I'll shoot, someone said. We're, we're getting ready. The Bible says this in Luke chapter 14, verse 16. Jesus replied, a certain man, so Jesus often preached like this. He preached in stories uh, so that it would be easier to handle what he was saying. In instead, he could have just called people out in the room, uh, but he said, you know, uh, a certain man, or we could say, how many of you guys are struggling with this? Or let's ask this way. How many of you guys have a friend that's struggling with this? And more people would raise their hands. So Jesus was talking in parables to kind of lighten this teaching that was like a steak, man. This was a full on meal right here. He said, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. How many of you guys know that certain man was Jesus? How many of you guys know that certain man was God? And how many of you guys know that great banquet is what God is inviting you to? If you don't know that, I want you to be, if you don't hear anything else I say today, you need to know that Jesus is not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. And that God, God is not inviting you to a funeral. He's inviting you to a party. Come on, somebody say, I've been invited to a party. Come on, do you know that? You don't hear anything I, I said. You need to know, if you've been to some dead churches, that's not Jesus' church. Because Jesus' church is a party every single day, right? It's a party to, to be free from fear. It's a party to be free from lust. It's a party to be free from worry. It's a party to leave sin and death behind. It's a party that when this life ends, I get to celebrate for all of eternity. Look, it's a party to find out I am now immortal. It's good. Good news. It's good news. Some of you didn't know that, huh? You're like, we're immortal. Well, we're going to live for all eternity. I guess that, that would be immortality. Come on. 
Praise God. A certain man invited the guest to a party. At that time of the banquet, he sent out his servant to tell them that they had been invited. He sent out his invitations. And he, the invitation said, come, for everything is now ready. Took a while to prepare this party. And so when the party was ready, God sent out a servant to tell them it was all ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, oh, man, it's today? Oh, I thought you meant next Saturday. I mean, I, you know, I... I really know, oh, I'm so thankful you invited me to this party, but I just bought a field. (laughs) That's awesome. I mean, praise God. I mean, I'm going from glory to glory to glory to glory, and I I just, it just happened. I bought, I finally did it. It was the moment. I just bought a field, and I would love to come, but I must go and see it. Uh, Because I just want to check up on, you know, you know how it is. I, I I put money down and... I got to go take care of it. So please, I'm sorry, master. I'm sorry. I know you've worked overtime. And, and please tell the kids I said hi. Please, uh, please, uh, you know, please thank you so much. Please excuse me because I, I got to do this right now. Another said, I just bought five yoke of oxen and I was on my way. I'm just, crazy thing. You invited me. And at the same time, I was already on my way. Uh, to try them out. You know how you have to try out oxen. You know how those ox are. They go the wrong way all the time. It's, it's just crazy in, in this life. And I, I got to try them out. Uh, so please also excuse me. Still another said with no shame. Hey, <laughs> I just got married. You, you know, uh, you know, I've been, I was burning for a while and I've been saving myself, Jesus. And you know, uh, you know, she's hot, you know, so I just got married. So I don't think we're going to be attending any kind of banquets anytime soon. I mean, there's a banquet prepared, but uh, y'all never read the Bible like this, have you? I mean, this, this thing's interesting. I just got married, so I can't, you know, I can't come for at least a month. I mean, we're going to lock ourselves in the house and make sweet love. Amen. Praise Jesus put a ring on it, baby. You can have some fun. Amen. <laughs> How awkward is that? Is that excuse? The rest are like, I got to try out some ox. I just bought a new piece of land. No, I just got married, man. Just, you know, the servant came back and reported to his master. Then the owner said of the house became angry and he ordered his servant go out quickly into the streets the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, bring in the crippled, bring in the blind and the bring in those who have nothing else to look for. Bring in those who have no business to attend to. Bring in those who have nothing else to do today but be invited to this banquet. Bring in those who will honor the banquet. I mean, I want you to bring in the broken, bring in the hurting, bring in the see some of you don't realize you you weren't the first invite. I wasn't the first invite. I, I, I might have been God's second invite. He invited someone else who had too much to do. And he got down to little old me. But I'm not upset about that. I'm thankful that I, this broken, messed up, lame person, got to come into the table of the master. And he has prepared a banquet for me. He said, I want you to go that my house will be full. Uh, bring in the cripple. Bring in the blind. Bring in the lame. And then the, the, the person said, sir... The servant said, 
I love this. What you have ordered has already been done. It's almost like he could read his master's mind. He said, oh, they didn't come. I'm just going to start inviting people. Because he knew that his master's heart was that his house was full. He said, sir, it's already been taken care of. Wow. But good news, Jesus, there's still room. Then the master told his servant, go out into the roads. Yeah, the roads. Go out into the country lanes. Yeah, go all the way out into the country. You know where the leprous people hang out. You know where the colonies are. You know where the people who do not belong in society anymore. You know those ones that are murderers that are hiding and awaiting judgment. You know the ones that, that are so far from society they cannot enter. You know the ones that are, that are messed up mentally. I, I want you to go all the way out. Somebody say go all the way out. So they may come into my house. That my house will be full. Then he says in verse 24. He said, I tell you, not one of those men who were invited. That had excuses will ever taste of my banquet. Wow. I read that. I, I kind of got messed up a little bit because I've turned down his banquet quite a few times. Every morning he prepares a table before me. Every morning he, he, he invites me to this party with him. Every, every morning and every morning I, I make excuses. I don't know if you've ever made excuses. This, this word to, to excuse uh, means to depreciate in value, to, to bring down something, to decline, to shun or avoid. Have you ever got to this place where God's like, I'm here and you're kind of like, I know you're here, but I'm kind of like avoiding you because... We're just kind of not talking right now because I'm dealing with this offense right now. I, uh, this thing has, has a lot more weight in me right now. You didn't do what I asked you to do. And so uh, you can go ahead and sit at your table all by yourself and eat your food that you have. And I know it's good food, but I, I, I'm, I've had it before and it didn't work last time. Or I just got things to do, Jesus. I really like to hang out with you, but you keep looking at me with those eyes. And I know you're not giving up anytime soon. So I just got to avoid you. Just, have you ever just had to act like God wasn't in the room anymore? It's like, that's awkward. He's still here. He's still calling me. He's still loving on me. But this is just awkward. I'm going to have to avoid him. They, they made excuses to avoid. None of, none of the people uh, were, were like not wanting to go. It was that they wanted to go. Please excuse me. I'm so sorry. But it was that the things of now took precedence over the greatest calling that man and woman has. I wonder if my haste for life, I wonder if my, my purpose has been dulled down to being a human doing than being a human being. I, I wonder if I'm one of these men that uh, Luke chapter 8 verse 14 says it this way. It says the seed that fell among the thorns stands for those that hear, but as they go on their way, it is choked out by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. I wonder if the American church looks nothing like the first church because of the worries, of the cares, the riches, and the pleasures of first world problems that keep choking out this powerful deposit. You guys, we have more sermons. We don't need another sermon. You don't need me to preach another message. 
You don't need one more podcast. We don't need five more books on how to be a believer. We need to tremble at his word again. We need to believe that it is what it says it is. We need to stop working around and lowering it and defaming it and saying, God, man, you know, you didn't mean all that. You can't mean this. What if we became doers of the word again? Jesus was given this uh, story, and, and, and then he gets really crazy. I mean, he's trying to thin out the crowd. You, you ever see Jesus? He, he was constantly. If I was church planting with Jesus, I would have took his microphone away. So he kept saying things you don't say. You can't say that, Jesus. Tell them they're love. Tell them they're awesome. Tell them they look beautiful. Tell them they're going to find their wife. I mean, people come and love church when you talk about that kind of stuff. Come on, we got free cookies in the bag. You can have some popcorn after church. But Jesus kept saying these things. He kept, he kept messing up the church plant. He, then next, right after this story, he, he sa- it says that large crowds were traveling with Jesus. And he turned to them and he said this. He said, verse 26, 1426, he said, if anyone comes after me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yet even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And many would say, yeah, yeah, I know what Jesus meant. I mean, you know, he meant, uh, you know, if, if you don't love in comparison God more than them. But, but he doesn't explain that. Jesus doesn't go into it. Okay, this is exactly what I meant. Here's the five illustrations. And let me make sure you're not offended by this. He just says it and moves on. <laughs> then he gets deeper and he says this. And anyone who does not carry his own cross... Just so you know, the cross that we put on our churches had not like the beauty of the cross had not happened yet. The cross, the only cross they knew was where murderers and thieves died. It was a bloody, nasty run from that place. God says, if you don't pick up your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Then he says this. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first down and sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Will he not first down, sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? Verse 33, in the same way, any of you does not give up everything. He cannot be my disciple. Wow. I I used to think when Jesus was talking about this ending part, it was a separate thing from from what we just heard, the banquet and the table. But as I read this this time, it, it wrecked me because I realized that the second part was his description of why he was giving them such meaty truth in the first part. He was saying, why do you blame me? See, many times we think that the king and the builder, the king that goes to war and calculates his army or the builder that looks at his materials and makes sure he finishes it. For some reason, we think that the king and the builder is us, that we got to calculate if God's worth it. We got to calculate if being a disciple is worth it, if following Jesus is worth it. No, no, God's not saying that. It is worth it to follow Jesus. 
God is not saying, well, put me to test. See if I'm worth it. I mean, I just died on the cross and we left everything and I'm the glory of heaven. So just make sure I'm worth it. Make sure I'm going to give you enough and make sure this thing's about you. No, he's the king. He's the builder. You're the stones. You're the soldiers. He's saying, here's what I'm doing, guys. When I'm thinning out the crowd, I'm trying to find out what material I'm really working with. I'm trying to find out if this material can handle the power of what I'm building. He said, I'm the king. I'm trying to test the army I have because why go to war against the enemy and tell him we're going to take over your cities and your nations. We're going to let fear know that we're coming for you, fear. We're going to let anxiety know we're coming for you. I'm not going to face a million troops with two. He said, I'm trying to see what kind of warriors I have in this crowd. I'm trying to test the material. He said, these words are to simply find out if you are what you say you are. That kind of hits me because, man, I, so you're testing me, God. Yeah, I'm the teacher and you're the student. Many times in life, I, I, for some reason, I start thinking that I'm the teacher. <laughs> I'm like... Why aren't you doing this, Jesus? What's going on with this? I put in these five requests last week. Would you, ta- would you answer on this? Uh, I need you to answer this so I can graduate you to being God. Because if you don't, you're not God. You're going to be stuck at average human level. Too real, huh? Yeah. This God was like testing them because he wanted to see if he could release his power in them. The first time he, he, he tests them, he, he sends them out two by two. Even Judas gets to go out this time. He, he allows Judas. And, and he said, here's what I want you to do. You're going to go not to the Samaritans or, or, or the Galatians. You, you, uh, you're going to go to the house of God. You're going to go to the people of God. And, and, and here's what I want you to go two by two. And when you go, you're going to heal the sick. You're gonna, then he says, you're going to raise the dead. You're going you're gonna to cleanse leprosy. You're going to cast out demons. This, this was normal Christianity. He was testing the bricks he would build the church with. The disciples were being tested. And so they went out and it happened. They, they, they prayed for the sick and they were healed. They, they prayed for those demon possessed and the demons ran. They prayed for those that were dead and people got out of caskets. and They, they came back and they said, Jesus, it worked. <laughs> Have you ever, ever done that? You're like praying for someone. They get healed and you're like, it worked. Yeah. Look, you think that preachers are just weird? No, they're just excited. They're just like, oh my gosh, bring, get up here. We gotta, we, gotta, we, gotta, we gotta hear about this testimony. Why? Because our hearts tell on us. Sometimes we don't even believe what we're praying for. They come back at work, God. The demons flew in. And Jesus says, of course. I saw the devil fall like lightning. But don't rejoice that that happened. Rejoice that your name has been written in the Lamb's book of life. And then after Jesus dies in the grave, they run, and then he pulls them all back together. He shows up to them. He walks with them. He lets them feel the holes in his hands. He's training them. He's discipling them. He's growing them. The word disciple means to be a learner. I want to be a disciple of Jesus. It means to be a student, not the teacher. I want God to train me. God, God I, I'm, I know you're not hating on me. You just want to, you're looking for someone that has what you want to put in them so that you can build something great so that the world will have a home to come into so, so that the, we can advance this army of God and kick out the armies of darkness in this city. 
Jesus comes back to the disciples. He founds them on the, on the hill. And the Bible says that, that the 11 are there. Judas didn't get to come to the second meeting. He didn't make, uh, he didn't graduate. He, the, the 11 are there. And Jesus looks at him and says, here's the new commission. And we call this the great commission. This, this is the scripture, the moment. We call it the great commission. Most of us and most churches around the world have made it the great omission. We've, we've taken it out. But this is all we're really called to do is to do what he called the disciples to do. And he said, here's what I want you to do. You are going to go and make disciples. Somebody say disciples. disciples. Go and make disciples. Then he says this word of all nations. And uh, many people use this to, to uh, raise funds for missions. We, we use this to send people on trips to Africa because it's nations. I'm going to go to all nations. But if you look at the original word here, this word is ethnos, or it means people groups, or we could say tribes. He was trying to tell them, hey, the first time I sent you out to the Jewish people, but now I want you to go into the same towns in the same areas, but you're going to go to all the tribes in every, you're going to, you're going to reach the Gentiles. You're going to, you're going to reach, you're going to reach the people outside the walls of the church. Look, you, to be a disciple of Jesus, to go into all the world, you don't have to leave Los Angeles. All you have to do is go to work tomorrow or go to school tomorrow, and you're going to find people from another tribe, another language, another crew, and God says, I want you to be a discipler of them. Can you imagine one day discipling your boss? That's radical. And so they did it. They went out. They received the Holy Spirit. And many times I think when people read, read the Bible, I, th I think we start getting this thought like these guys were like the upgraded version. I mean, have you read about Paul? I mean, this guy was if, if there's an upgrade, if there's a if there's a Christian X version or a Christian 10, this is it. You know what I'm saying? Like Paul. If you ever read about him, I mean, the dude was insane. I mean, he was barely saved, and he's out preaching the gospel. And then when he would preach, no one amens him. He didn't have a cheering crew on the front that, you know, I'll pay you guys later. Amen. Praise God. I mean, he, 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 people stoned him to death while he preached. They hated his sermons. And he would get up. People, his disciples raise him from the dead. He goes back into the same cities where they stoned him and preaches again. That, that's a different kind of Christianity than sometimes I see in America. I started thinking about this, it, and, and I, I started thinking, is, is discipleship optional? Like, like can, can I come to the cross and then just kind of like, that's all I really wanted. I just, I wanted my sins forgiven. I, I'm thankful for it. And, and then God, okay, in, in about 30 years when I die, you know, a natural death, you know, not crazy or anything like that. Thank you for that. Uh, then, then I'll just go to heaven and you got my mansion and we're going to have a good time. And thank you for the cross. Uh, you know, maybe I'll come once a month to church or I'll give you a tip every now and then for remembering what you did on the cross. And, uh, you know, I'll tell people on my Facebook, I'll, okay, I'll let them know we're together on my Facebook. I'll say I'm a Christian there, but, but really until I get there, we're probably not going to have any kind of communication. Because I'm afraid of praying. I'm kind of nervous around. I don't know if this is for me. I don't know if I have time for it. I know you've invited me to the banquet, but I, I, I got some ox I got to try out. I, you know, I just got married. So uh, you know how that goes. And like, we're, we'll see each other one day. And, and you know, I, when I started thinking about it, I think that we have a good father. 
You know, I, I don't think God's going to, if, if that's your life, I don't think God's going to, you know, when you get there to heaven, he's like, well, you were kind of on the list. I do remember that one time you prayed. Nah, nah, you can't be here. You know, I, I don't think that's our dad. Right? I mean, because, dude, I'm, I'm not like that with my son. My son, like, acts the fool, and I'm like, brave if you don't stop it. You know. If you don't stop it, I'm going to spank the tar out of you. That's, I don't even know what the tar out of you means, but I think I picked that up somewhere. And, and most of the time, I never, ever spank him, even though he keeps doing it. I'm like, okay, uh, you know, I got my belt out. I'm like, oh, you're going to get a spanking. And I'm like, just let me count to three. One, two, and I'm just, there's something of a dad that you're always trying to make a way around it, right? I think if we receive Jesus in our life, when we get to heaven, if we didn't talk to him one other time, I, I believe God is going to, open his gates. The Bible is, is clear that he doesn't have to, but I believe he's a good dad. But how awkward is that? How weird is that? Like, hey, you know, one day we're going to spend all eternity together, but for now, just, we just, let's not have any kind of relationship. And then one day I'll just show up when I've just gotten all this out and done all this with all these people. Then like we can start our relationship. We have all of eternity, you know? I mean, how awkward is it to move in with someone for all of eternity that you haven't even got to know yet? I don't know about you, but I, if this God wants to get to know me, this is a grand invitation. This is, this is not a negative thing. This is an amazing thing. I, I just want, he wants to get to know me. Are you kidding me? God wants to hang out with me? I mean, what if tomorrow I told you some superstar in the field you're trying to go into wants to have coffee with you? What would you move out of your calendar to make sure that happened. Yet the, the author of the universe. But we keep kind of like the people of Israel. We can't say, hey, Moses, you go up the mountain and talk to God. And then you come down and tell us what he says. I don't know. I mean, it, it looks pretty intense up there. I mean, and your face is glowing. And it's just, you know, you're pretty passionate, Pastor Jeremy. I mean, why don't you just tell us what God's saying? We'll come once a week. We'll hear it. And we'll try to walk it out the best we can. God's saying, look, come on, come up. I'm just, I, I'm just a person. I'm just, I just found out that he wants me up there, that he, he enjoys me up there, that it's, it's a banquet. It's not a funeral. It's a banquet. He's invited me to a banquet. I got to take a moment and say, God, despise all of I'm doing. God, I, I need a moment with you. You know, uh, I have a really cool Jeep. It's super cool. It's like, I feel so cool driving it. I mean, I, I talked to my wife. I said, look, honey, if we gotta, we're going to step into dad life, mom life. We are going to be cool moms and dads. We're not, getting a, we're not getting a van. I had a station wagon growing up the whole time. We are getting a Jeep. And so we got a Jeep. At times it's been kind of a little crowded, but, you know, we, we make it work. And, uh, you know, we, we roll in our Jeep. And, and then I, I took it further. I tricked my wife into getting big tires on it. Um, don't tell her she's here, but uh, uh, they're huge. I mean, they're, they're massive tires. And, and then for one birthday, I, I, got, I got her to let me put some uh, subs in it. And so, I, I mean, I, I'm having fun with this thing. I, it says Fearless LA on the back. So if you ever see me driving, just honk at me. You know, if you're a Prius, don't cut me off. Praise God. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, I love it, man. I love cranking Lecrae or whatever. And, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm that white guy. You know what I'm saying? I got my window down and I live in LA and I'm just rocking it, man. I just, the, the beat in the truck. And, 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 and so I love it. The only thing I don't like about it is that 
uh, when, when we got it, we, we were kind of stretching to get it. It was, it was kind of a stretch. And so, um, you know, for $15 less a month, we decided that we wouldn't get the power door locks and the power windows. I mean, first world problems. I mean, what's the big deal? There are people in, you know, other countries that don't have food. And, you know, I, I, could, I could deal with a Jeep without power door locks. And so, uh, I've, uh, you know, we chose that. Uh, worst decision of my entire life. Because what I didn't realize is that I'm a dad and my kids don't like to walk. They don't like to use their feet. And so uh, most of the time I'm carrying both kids with a sack of groceries. And, and my wife, by the way, she does not like to get bags at the grocery store now because they're 10 cents. And so I'm carrying like mayonnaise and a, a pack of eggs and some ice cream on my back that's melting. And, and then I, I forgot about skinny jeans. It's really hard to get your keys out of skinny jeans. And I look like a fool, like in front of my car, trying to, you know, reach around to my daughter's uh, if you're a dad and you have no power door locks, you understand this. You're like reaching around to the, and there is one thing I desire one day in my life that we could upgrade this model to power door locks. And can you believe with me? Can you pray with me? Can you fast with me? And you know, it's funny. It's, I think that that's how we see the Christian life. Like, uh, okay, you know, God, I'll take the base model. I'll just take the one without the power door locks and all those extra bells and whistles. I'll pay a little less now so that I could just get in. And then one day, one day I'll become a disciple. I'll get saved, but one day I'll make you Lord. Only one day when we get to heaven to go, man, I wish I would have paid the extra $15. Was it really worth to just be saved and not make him Lord? To make him Savior, but not Lord. How crazy is it that we trust Jesus with our sins, but we don't trust him with the rest of our life? If that's all we trust him with, is can he really handle that? One of my friends, he's, he's, uh, he's a little different. Anybody have a different friend? Super different. I mean, I'm pretty different, but he's really different. And that's why I have him as a friend, because he makes me laugh all the time. Uh, and, and so he'd just kind of do stuff that's funny. And when I was in college, he, he would come visit me like once a month. And I think it was just to eat out of the cafeteria. I don't know what it was about him and the cafeteria food. But he would just come once a month and visit me. And uh, the, his once a month rolled around and, and he didn't come. So I called him on the phone and said, hey, bro, uh, what's going on? You know, it's your once a month. Come visit. We're going to hang out. Make me laugh. We're going to have a good time. And uh, he said, man, I'm not coming anymore. I said, I said why, why, why are you not coming anymore? I mean, we've been having fun. Did I do anything to offend you? He said, no, no, no. He said, I, I'm just not coming. And so we ended there, and a few days later, I just called him back. and said, bro, that's weird. Why are you not coming? He goes, I, I don't want to tell you. You're going to think I'm weird. I said, I already think you're weird. It's, it's fine. We're, that's why we're friends. And he goes, okay. There's aliens in your forest. Alien, I was in a forest where I, where I went to school, and I said, there's not aliens. Bro, are you kidding me? You think there's aliens? I said, have you been watching YouTube? I mean, what's happening? I mean, he said, no, there's aliens. He said, it happened, man. It happens every time. He said, I never told you about it because I thought it was weird. I just didn't want to say anything about the aliens in the forest, but I'm telling you, there are aliens in that forest. He said, they broke my car. 
said, they broke your car. He said, dude, my car is still at an impound in, in, by your college. I had, to, I had to get a ride home. He said, they broke my car. He said, they broke your car. He said, yes, every time I drive up that hill, they get loud. Something happens. All of a sudden, I hear, and he said, I keep looking out my window, and nothing's there. This time, I got out of my car. I said, what? You want a piece of me? He's telling me this story. I said, bro, what do you mean? He said, he said every time. And the closer I get to the top of the hill, the louder their frequencies get. Some of you are like, yeah, that happens to me all the time. I'm in L.A., 101. I said, bro. He said, out of nowhere, my car this time, it made this loud noise. When they got really close, I kept looking. I couldn't see them. I think they're invisible. And he said, it made this really loud noise, and then it wouldn't work. I said, bro, when's the last time you put oil in your engine? He said, what do you mean? I put oil in there all the time. Well, there was this one time where I didn't have any money for oil, so I put water in there. I said, you put water in your oil tank? I said, I know nothing about cars, but I know that's not good, bro. I said, dude, there's not aliens in the forest. You blew up your car. You know, it's funny. Is this how we see the Christian life? We're mad at the maker. This car is a limit. It doesn't drive like it promised it would drive. Christianity isn't all it's cracked up to be. God isn't doing what he says. It, and we keep pouring water in the oil thing, expecting to get what God promised. We, we keep saying, God, I'm ready to be here. I'm ready for healing. I'm ready for... But then we don't walk out the things he called us to walk out. And we wonder why the car keeps breaking down. Or maybe you're like my wife's sister. Whenever her car started breaking down, she just turned up the stereo. So there's a loud noise. I don't know what it is. I just turned up some Kirk Franklin on the back, you know, and praise Jesus. Guess what? I didn't hear the noise anymore. You know what we do? We turn up the noise. Man, I don't want to deal with my fear. I don't want to deal with my worry. I don't want to deal with my anxiety. I don't want to deal with that word that God's given me. And we walk away from the greatest life we could ever have. We walk away from the God-sized life. And somewhere along the journey, our car breaks down. And we wonder why God made such a crappy vehicle. Guys, when are we going to get it? This thing only works one way. If we become learners of this one named Jesus, we start looking like him. We prioritize our life that everything, God, everything in my life is going to begin to reflect you. I want to look like you. I want to sound like you. God, if I got to learn things over and I got to keep learning things, God, I know I'm not going to worry about what's behind me. God, I got a mess behind me. I am a mess, God. I'm still working things out. Maybe you could look like Paul. Man, I got things I, I want to do that I don't do and things that I, that I do that I don't want to do. But I do know one thing, that Jesus keeps calling me forward. He keeps moving me beyond where I've been. I, I'm not where I, I was and I'm not where I want to be, but I, I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to keep being discipled. I'm going to keep growing. God, I need more of you. Less of me, God. Less of me. Look, this, this message is not to beat you up. This message is to, to destroy the lie of the devil in our life that we could come and get part of God. God wants to give you all of himself. But what about my flesh? 
Well, good thing the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 that the Holy Spirit was poured out upon all flesh. God wants to pour out Him on you, and He wants to use you and me right here and right now. I came to talk to scared Peter. He wants to turn you into a mighty warrior. I came to talk to fearful Mary. He wants to use you to shape the world. I, I came to talk to a group of people that's tired of hearing about God doing great things and says, God, if you can use anybody, use me. God, I don't have anywhere else to be but at your banquet, at your table. Come on, God's inviting the broken in. He's inviting the lame and the maimed in, those that will prioritize their life to be about Him. God, I just pray against the worries of life right now. I pray against the riches of life right now, God. Not that we can't have things, but Lord, we pray that things wouldn't have us. And Lord, that you would have our affections, that you would have our hearts. God, we are not just in this for a one night stand of salvation with you. God, we want a lifetime with you. God, we want a journey with you. We are not vampire Christians trying to get your blood to cover us, God. And then we move on. God, we want all of you. We want to be sons and daughters of the most high God. Lord, we want you to teach us and train us. God, if you could use Paul, use us. If you could use Peter, use us. God, if you could use broken, messed up people, God. Lord, here we are. Lord, we sit down into your table. And we ask, Father, that you would make us disciples. And Lord, we wouldn't end there, that we would begin to disciple others. God, renew our faith. Renew our trust. Renew our passion. In Jesus' name, would you stand to your feet all over this crowd? I want to be a disciple. You know, this year I, I, I got a counselor in my life. Because being a pastor is difficult. And I'm learning things all over again. I'm learning how to forgive again. I'm learning how to love again. I'm learning how to fight fear again. There are, diff there are new levels. Every time you step into a new environment, as God calls you further, there are more things that you have to combat with the Holy Spirit. This year I have a person that I talk to twice a month. And I just share with them my heart. They share with me things. They're, they're deep things that God is unlocking. They're, they're friends that call me. They, they call me at least once a week and they say, they ask me the tough questions. How are you doing? How's your, how's your marriage? How's your family? How you doing as a dad? How you doing as a pastor? How, how you doing with those people that left or this person that hurt you? How you doing with all the travel? How you, how's your time with God? They're asking me the difficult questions. And, and you know what? It's exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm not in this alone. I'm not, I'm not fighting this fight alone. I'm, I have other people that are fighting with me and standing with me and discipling me. And my only dream is that you would become disciples. Every movement that ever shaped the world was because a man or a woman set their self on fire and started being a disciple of Jesus. Every movement. But every movement that dies is because the followers just become like their leader. Don't become like me. Become like him. If you begin to become like Jesus, you begin to spend more time with Jesus than you do man or podcasts or sermons, then you will begin to look like him. And when you begin to look like him, you will set your workplace on fire. You will set your house on fire. You will set your school on fire. You will set your business on fire. 
Come on, God's looking to raise up a movement of disciples, a group of learners that say, God, I'm not just going to be a hearer. I want to be a doer of your word. Show me in this thing. Teach me. Walk with me. Abide in me. Train me. You know what, Robert? I want to tell you this, bro. Lift your hands. You are newly saved. But there is a disciple spirit on you, man. There's a, there's a passion to be a disciple. There's a passion to be a disciple of Jesus. And you actually believe this thing. You know what's cool about you? Is you are messing up older disciples. People that have been in this for a long time and kind of got jaded and kind of started putting some, a little bit of water in the tank here and there and said, man, we can get by with this. They're looking at your life and they're going, wow, is that how it's supposed to run? Wow, I'm seeing Jesus come alive. Wow, you keep bringing people and you keep coming to every service. Bro, I'm proud of you. Would you lift your hands right now? Jesus, I just pray over this man. Thank you for that anointing that's on his life. Thank you for the high call. And Lord, we just pray right now. Lord, as he is a disciple, Lord, that you would, you would give him disciples. God, you put people under him that, that he begins to train and teach everything he's learning. And Lord, it would be fast. God, he wouldn't have to wait years. He, he would become a, a teacher soon, God. Uh, just walking with people daily, just opening his Bible. Not fully understanding, but saying, Holy Spirit, show me. Show me how to lead others as you teach me how to lead me. Father, I just pray right now. Anybody else newly saved in this room? You, you've given your life to Jesus recently. I want you to lift your hand. You've given your life to Jesus recently. Anybody else? Recently within the last year, let's say that. Within the last year, you've given your life to Jesus. Lift up your hand. Lift up your hands. Within the last year. Come on, we got a whole bunch of people. Yeah, I want you to lift up both hands. I'm going to pray for you. Holy Spirit, I just pray right now. Lord, like the, the 11th disciple, the 12th disciple came about Paul. God, you used him to change the world. God, I pray these ones right here would not get their cue from nominal normal Christianity, but they would get their cue from your word. And God, I pray they would begin to walk in it. And God, there would be a conviction of people around them because of their great passion for you. God, I pray as they come into the room, God, you're inviting them to your table. Lord, they would eat of your banquet table. And this year would be a year of the God-sized life for them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want you to grab your neighbor's hand all around. And uh, isn't that awesome? People getting saved within the last year here. Come on, we're, we're welcome you into the family. If you could grab your neighbor's hand. And we are a family here at Fearless, across the top, lower floor. Families hold hands, amen? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And if you're in this room under the sound of my voice, and you maybe came into this room, and maybe this is the first time you've ever heard about Jesus, at least in this way. Or maybe you've heard about Jesus a lot and you're, you're kind of feeling something different today. Maybe you've walked away from Jesus. You've done your own thing. You've said, I'll see you in heaven one day, but you haven't made him Lord of your life. We know that God doesn't come to make bad people good. We're all still working on that. But he does come to make dead people live. If you're in this room under the sound of my voice and you feel dead on the inside, it either means that you don't know him at all, or he's become Savior, but he hasn't become Lord. And you say, today I want to make one of those two decisions in my life. I want to make him Lord. Or I want to make him Savior. I want to make him both in my life. And I want that life. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to squeeze your neighbor's hand. Ready? One, two, 
three. If your neighbor squeeze your hand like a coach does to a champion boxer, I just want you to lift their hand. Ready, go. Hands are going up all over this room. Come on. I see you. I see you back there. I see you over here. See you over there. See you right there. See you back there. Thank you for listening. If you have something that you need prayer for, we would love to pray for you. Visit fearlessla.com slash fearless TV to fill out a prayer request or find more information about Fearless Church.